This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Thursday, February 10th, trade deadline day. Here at the Ryan Ball Stew, I'm Steve Alexander, joined as usual by Raphael Johnson. Raph, it's trade den- deadline day. We, we decided to jump on here and do this at noon o'clock, which is going to be kind of crazy because trade news is coming in uh, hot and heavy right now as we speak. So I just saw another name pop up that we had not prepared for that I was going to write down. But first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing reasonably well. Um, obviously, things are only going to pick up between now and 3 p.m. Eastern. And go ahead and say good morning to BT Photo since he said good morning to us. But, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. It seems like these early deals may be the calm before the storm in terms of fantasy impact just because you see a lot of smaller rotation pieces, I would say, making moves in, in that 14 deal we saw earlier. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, if for people just uh, tuning in and haven't been hanging out on Twitter or at NBC Sports Edge News, four-team deal went down right before we came on. The Kings are sending Marvin Bagley to the Pistons. They're getting Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. The Bucks are getting Serge Ibaka, and the Clippers are getting Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. So there's a lot to unpack there. I don't know how much fantasy impact mm-hmm is in that deal. Then the, the other deal that's going down and breaking as we're, as we're doing this, uh, the Raptors are sending Goran Dragic, who a lot of people forgot was still in the NBA, uh, to the San Antonio Spurs for Thaddeus Young. And this is the, the late edition, Ralph, is Drew Eubanks will also be going to the Raptors. And uh, then Dragic is going to be bought out and apparently will be heading to the Dallas Mavericks, where, where he'll be buried forever behind Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic, not necessarily in that order. Well, you add this on top to what we saw go down a couple of days ago, which it was cool. I thought it was cool that the big C.J. McCollum trade and the, the, big, uh, the big Pacers-Kings deal where the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton. I thought it was cool that those – deals actually happen before the trade deadline. I mean, we can just spend five minutes talking about these trades, Ralph, if, if you don't mind. I, I guess I'll start with the Pistons getting Marvin Bagley. They don't make any more moves. They now have uh, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, and Marvin Bagley. That sounds like a horrible mess to me. Yeah, I I believe Grant's going to be on a move at some point. You know, I don't know where, but it just his timeline doesn't really match up with the Pistons timeline in terms of rebuild. And you combine that with his role and the role that he wants within the rotation, it just isn't feasible for a long-term partnership, so to speak. So I, I think he's going to move. Bagley is a role that dies if you're the Pistons. You don't really have too much to lose here. You know, you see if you can figure out something that Sacramento couldn't, and maybe you get, get a steal on your hands down the line. So 
I think Olenek's probably going to be the biggest loser out of the three in terms of fantasy value. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think Bagley he didn't didn't get it done in Sacramento, but that franchise has been an issue, been problematic for quite some time now. So maybe a change of scenery will work out for him. Yeah, I think it's a good move for Bagley. Uh, in case you didn't read the player news blurbs from Wednesday evening, I pretty much buried. I wrote Kelly Olenek's obituary last night and buried him <laughs> because he's been terrible. Uh, I, I was expecting him to play pretty well because he's he was so good last year and he he's just been terrible with the Pistons. He's had injury issues, but he's back. He's been playing. Uh, he just can't put anything together, and I don't think this is going to help him at all. Uh, the Kings getting Dante DiVincenzo is interesting. As we saw on Wednesday night, they started – Justin Holiday. They brought Jeremy Lamb and Davion Mitchell off the bench. De'Aaron Fox is playing really well. Uh, you add Dante DiVincenzo to that, and you've got kind of a, a wing logjam there. Um, but in my opinion, this whole Tyrese Halliburton to Indy thing is crazy because everybody was like, we didn't know Tyrese Halliburton was even touchable, or we yeah. would have asked. Nobody asked uh, except for the Pacers, and they got him. And, you know, a lot of my Pacer buds are mad that DeMontis Sabonis is gone. He looked great on Wednesday for the Kings. But, I mean, if you can get a 20-year-old Tyrese Halliburton, I say you do it at all costs. But anyway, back to the Kings. Does Dante DiVincenzo – does this logjam of, like, shooting guards and small forwards hurt Davion Mitchell, or do you think he's okay? I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I think his defense is going to keep him in the rotation. Now, is he going to play 30-plus minutes a night? That's the question. I'm not sure if he'll get that many minutes on a consistent basis when you, you take into consideration the moves that the Kings have made. And you bring in another guard in Dante DiVincenzo, he can play on or off of the ball. Obviously, De'Aaron Fox is going to have the ball in his hands uh, more than anyone. So what happens with those other minutes when he rests? That's the question. So I think Mitchell, for now, I would hold on to him. But you may want to kind of look for some alternatives just in case, you know, the, the rotation kind of shakes out a bit differently uh, than it has been, than it did last night, so to speak. Ralph, bite your tongue. There is no there is no way Davion Mitchell is going to get buried in this thing. There is no way. I didn't say I didn't say <laughs> get buried. I'm just saying, you know, they're going all out for that 10 seed. Um, and if they kind of feel like he isn't going to help them as much as some of the veterans are, you know, he may lose some minutes. That's all I'm saying here. I hear you. And I, I didn't say you buried him, but you were like, well, you, you know, you should probably hang on to, to, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm in a different mindset. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm holding on to David Mitchell at all costs. And it, if, if he does flounder the rest of the way after they traded basically the fans favorite player in Sacramento uh, in Tyrese Halliburton. If, if Davion Mitchell does not become one of the men uh, I'm going to be pretty upset. And I think Kings fans are going to be also. So I I'm really switching gears here a little bit. This probably helps Grayson Allen more than anything else, right? Because Grayson Allen was sharing time with DiVincenzo and Pat Connaughton was also in the mix. So, I think this frees up Grayson Allen to see a few more minutes, um, especially since the Bucks are getting Serge Ibaka. So if they don't make any more moves, I, I think this is a win for Grayson Allen. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, it's kind of how things played out in Memphis when they traded him. 
You know, you, you free up that time for Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton. And then we've seen those guys kind of flourish in their respective roles. So maybe that happens for him as well. Um, DiVincenzo had in- injury issues for much of his time in Milwaukee. So Allen, Conton, those are the guys that are definitely going to benefit from his move here. So the Bucks getting Serge Ibaka does it, it actually doesn't even register on my radar. Like I read it and then it's it, I forget what I just read. Um, <laughs> the Clippers getting Rodney Hood and semi Ojale does absolutely nothing for me. I mean, I, having a shooter like Hood is always a good thing, but I don't think it moves anybody's needle. So the Raptors are sending Goran Dragic, Dragic to San Antonio for Thad Young and Drew Eubanks. Uh, the Raptors have wanted Thad Young since he was like 13 years old, and they finally get him when he's 50. The only thing about that deal is you had Thaddeus Young and a big man in Drew Eubanks to an already pretty big Raptors team that hates giving Chris Boucher more than 19 minutes a night. Uh, Did Chris Boucher just get buried or is Chris Boucher on the move possibly? What do you think? Uh, Well, before we get there, I want to go back to Serge Ibaka for a second. (laughs) And my question is, what does this tell us about Milwaukee's thoughts on Brooke Lopez? Um, now, they've said they're hopeful that he would be able to come back at some point this season. It's probably going to be too late for fantasy purposes to really have an impact. But it makes you wonder. You add another center in Ibaka. Bobby Portis has been one of the most improved players in the league this season. If Brooke comes back, you're going to have another log jam there. So I don't know if they would... I don't think Ibaka is much of a difference maker for them in terms of repeating as champions. So if they have Lopez available, but if he's not available, then this transaction becomes a bit more important for Milwaukee. So that would be my question there regarding Ibaka. Yeah, but didn't didn't Brooke Lopez have back surgery? Isn't he done? He did. Yeah, he did. And Mike Budenholzer recently said they're hopeful to get him back at some point, but now, you make a move like this, I kind of, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be back this season. Yeah, I don't think Brooke Lopez is, is going to play again this season. So I think Serge is just uh, Bobby Portis insurance, which which that makes sense. I mean, that's really the only place the Bucks are not super, super loaded at. So probably, probably a safe move for them as they try to win a championship. Back to Thad Young and Drew Eubanks and Boucher. Uh, Boucher was already on shaky ground with everybody who's dealt with him in fantasy and reality, apparently. He's still hanging in there, man. He's getting 19 minutes a game right now, but he's he's still putting up decent numbers. Um, seems to have a good attitude. Uh, I, I, I really hope he gets traded today, but I don't. I, not, I haven't heard much about that happening. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think Young fits that small ball five roll to a T um, that Toronto is probably going to want to use at times. So I like the move for him in terms of fantasy value and actually getting to play basketball too. Um, Eubanks, we'll see. I just think between he, Boucher, Precious Achua, and Ken Birch, there's just a little too much there in terms of centers that don't really move the needle fantasy-wise. So I kind of wonder if, Boucher yeah, maybe takes here. a hit. I think Kim Burst takes a hit. Boucher takes a hit. Achua takes a hit. You can hear me, right, Ralph? Yeah, I can. Okay, so that's interesting. Thad Young's a good glue guy for that team. I mean, he's sort of got the same body as OG and and Pascal Siakam, so that'll be a little weird. But uh, Thad Young's a good defensive player. He's a steals guy. He's a veteran. Uh, he he probably makes the Raptors a better team. I, I don't. Uh, 
I don't hate them getting Thad Young. And Thad Young's going to probably play for the Raptors, unlike he he did in San Antonio. So, uh, Ralph, would you stash Thad Young right now? I would. I think even though Nick Nurse hasn't coached him directly, his his pedigree makes him kind of a trustworthy player, I think. So you know, I'd definitely stash him if he's available in your league right now. Okay. Uh, Ralph, before all that happened, we actually had a – we had a syllabus for this mm-hmm. this class, for this uh, podcast. <laughs> so let's go ahead and hit on some things that happened on Wednesday night. Meanwhile, I'll keep an eye on the on the, the news feed and make sure we don't miss anything big, or hopefully we don't. But Demata Sabonis made his debut for the Kings on Wednesday night. 22 points, 14 boards, 5 assists. Uh, looked really good. Started for that team. Looked like he's played with them all year, to be honest. Like, he fit in perfectly. I think all the fans that were so upset about Tyrese Halberton, and let's be clear, Sacramento Kings fans were irate. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were people crying when they found <laughs> out that Tyrese Halberton got traded. I'm not kidding. I mean, they were they were mad. And I watched that post-game show uh, when, that trade, the, when that trade was announced, and these fans are just standing behind these poor – for people trying to do a, a television show, you know, how they do it live in the hallway yeah. of the arena. And everybody's just back there screaming and booing, holding signs. One sign said, welcome to hell, Demonis. Uh, like, that's that's tough. So it was nice to see Sabonis come out and ball out last night. Yeah. And also, um, nobody was really talking about Jeremy Lamb or Justin Holiday, but Justin Holiday started, mm-hmm. played a ton of minutes, and and – didn't shoot the ball well, but he was out there instead of Damian Mitchell, like we talked about. And then Jeremy Lamb came off the bench and actually played pretty well. Any thoughts on on the new look Kings? You know, who they suddenly were... who suddenly now have uh, Dante Divincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. I don't think Jackson or Lyles are really going to do anything there. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't really count them in there. But they looked good last night. You know, Sabonis looked to fit in quite well with his teammates. Um, He's a different dynamic of center than they've had in the past. You know, I don't know Rashawn Holmes has been a bit of a fantasy favorite, but offensively he's a bit limited. Sabonis can can score. He can pass as evidenced by the five assists. Um, good in the pick and roll game. There are defensive concerns, but, you know, you, you know what you're going to get there. You know, so I think, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of coming around on a deal. Maybe the fact that getting to see it in action on the court is having a, a role – have playing a part in that, but he looked good last night. I, I just don't know how eager a franchise should be to chase after the 10 seat, you know? So <laughs> that, that was my biggest issue with it. You trade a, a potential future, you know, cornerstone in Halliburton for good players, but what are you chasing for? Like, even if they get through the playing tournament and face off against the Suns or, or Warriors, how long we really think they're going to last? You know. Well, they've got they've got Sabonis for two years after this. So the Fox, yeah. Fox Mitchell and Sabonis and and Harry B. Good old Harry Barnes. He just keeps keeps balling along. Uh, mm-hmm. He was great last night. He's been great all year. They've got two years plus. Who knows, man? Maybe they make another. Maybe they're not done. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. make another another deal. Although I don't know who they have left that they could actually move. So they're probably done. I, it's the Kings, man. I mean, it's just another Kings thing. 
at least they got Sabonis. At least they didn't yeah. just give Halliburton away for nothing. Like there are a lot of Pacer fans that were upset about losing Sabonis, and they they've never heard of Tyrese Halliburton because they live in the middle of a cornfield in the middle of the country, and and Tyrese plays on the West Coast for the Kings, which don't get any coverage at all. So a lot of just casual basketball fans are like, I don't know who Tyrese Halliburton is, and I love Demonis Sabonis. So uh, Pacer fans were equally upset until they started reading, and then they were seeing how upset everybody was, and like, how could the Kings do this, and how did nobody know that they were that Tyrese Halliburton was on the block? Then I think Pacer fans are like, okay, this this sounds pretty good. I like this. So. Very interesting stuff there. What happens to Rashawn Holmes, who played 12 minutes last night? He returned from a personal leave. Like, if you're rostering Rashawn Holmes right now, Ralph, what are you doing? You're rooting for a trade. You know, you're pulling out the tricks like Pedro Serrano in Major League. I don't, I don't know what you have to do to get that man out of Sacramento at this point. You're hoping for it to happen because I don't think he's going to have any type of fantasy value if he stays in there. Obviously, he's not going to start over Sabonis. I don't see how viable it is to start them alongside each other. So, yeah, if you have him, you're basically hoping that between now and 3 p.m., he's announced headed somewhere else. Yeah, it's rough, man. I, I, I mean, I think, I believe I wrote at the end of his uh, blurb last night, if you need to drop Rashawn Holmes, so be it. I mean, that's sort of where we are. I don't, I, I think I'd hang on him today, see if he gets moved. But if, if he doesn't him, get moved, you drop him at 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Also, interesting note about the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I th- I think this is this is right. After they win the first game of a back-to-back, they have lost the second game now 28 consecutive times. <laughs> That's awesome. That was the big. That was the big. <laughs> footnote uh on the on the tv broadcast last night from uh minnesota so if they win the first half of a back-to-back hammer the loss the next night because they've lost 28 consecutive times and the last night was weird because tuesday night they played at sacramento minnesota and sacramento did and then they played again on wednesday night at sacramento so they had a at sacramento back-to-back they won the first one lost the second one just like the textbook uh, says they should do. All right, moving on. We've got um, Harris Levert, 28 minutes off the bench for his Cavs debut, 11 points, a three-pointer. Um, what do you think, Ralph? Is is he a borderline hold now that he's with a really good team that he doesn't really know his role in, or are you hanging on? Uh, I think you're hanging on for sure. Um I expect for him to eventually be in a starting lineup uh, just to give them another score on the perimeter because that's where they're a bit lacking. That's why they made this trade. So I think he'll be starting eventually. I expect him to be more efficient because he's playing with better talent in terms of creators. Um, Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon being hurt for a long stretch didn't help matters in Indiana, but you're playing next to Darius Garland. He's been one of the most improved players in the league, an all-star point guard. And then you've got the two-headed monster in the front court, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, two guys that you can easily play off of as well. So I would, I'm not too concerned. You know, I know he only shot four of 11 last night, but I'm not too concerned about that performance. Some guys are just going to have a rocky debut. That's what it is. I'd be a lot more worried about Karras if uh, Colin Sexton was healthy. Yeah. 
but with Sexton out, I mean, Levert should be good for the rest of the season. I'm hanging on to him too, or at least you got to give him a, you got to give him 10 days at least. If he's not balling out in 10 days, then we, then we can talk about panicking. Um, Raf, you asked me this question last night. Am I on the Justice Win- Winslow bandwagon? You know, I'm not, but when I looked at my FanDuel score last night, and one of my opponents that ended up beating me had Justice Winslow in his lineup. He had like 35 FanDuel points, despite the fact that he scored like, what, 11 points last night, but he had four steals, eight rebounds, three assists, 33 minutes. Um, I just can't, I, I can't get on the bandwagon, Roth. I can't do it. I don't know, man. I, I kind of, I'm there. I, I'm there because he's on a team where they're going to play him plenty. Um, obviously, they have Trenton Watford and Greg Brown the third, who can also absorb some minutes as they play out the string here. But he's in a spot where he's going to play a good 28 to 30 minutes per game minimum. So as long as he doesn't get too trigger happy from three, I, I think Winslow's a guy that, you're in deeper leagues, you know, getting ready for silly season. He might be someone you want to look into. And really the the, the Blazers are, are interesting all the way around at this point. Dennis Smith Jr. season high 11 assists last night. Now, of course, uh, Josh Hart was not, was not there yet. Eric Bledsoe was not there yet. So everything we're seeing from Portland right now is about to change when those two guys get implemented. Um, Justice Winslow is interesting. CJ Ellaby is interesting. There's Ellaby's Ellaby played a ton of minutes. I think he played 43 minutes last night. Very active all over the place. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by him. I think anytime the Blazers are playing four games, there's there's options on your waiver wire of guys who can help you out. We just talked about a couple of them. Uh Ralph, before we de- dive into uh some Devin Vassell stuff, let, can we talk about the uh James Harden rumors for a second? Yeah, let's go ahead and get that over with now. Yeah, we should have done this at the top. Uh, I forgot I forgot to do it, though, because that trade was breaking mm-hmm. in my face. So James Harden apparently wants out of Brooklyn, and he wants to go to Philly, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's it. And I, I don't understand why um, – I don't understand why Harden is having so much trouble staying in one place right now. What, what do you make of this? First and foremost, it's pretty funny how the report came out. Um, it felt like an obvious ploy to make sure that he himself did not get fined. Obviously, you can't come out and demand a trade. He, they will find you. I think the last – I can't recall who did it last, but they were fined about $50,000 for doing it. So kind of leak it out um, and, and see what happens. Maybe you can kind of speed things up on the end of, of Brooklyn and Philadelphia based upon what reporting you believe, but – I don't blame him. You know, I think the Kevin Durant situation is one thing. He's legitimately injured. It is what it is. You know, it's going to happen. You understand that when he's out, you're going to have to shoulder more of a load. I don't know if he or anyone else thought that the other superstar would be a part-time player for the whole season. So you've got that weight, and then you're trying to win a championship. I don't think winning a championship is going to, like, change his legacy. And you've got on your resume that you've also asked out of two separate situations, but you might as well do what you can and get get to get a title if you can do it. And in Philly, they've got a guy who's in the midst of the best year of his career in Joel Embiid. So 
I can see why James would do that, but you know, and there it is. B, thank you, BT. Anthony Davis was the one who was fined for the public trade demand. Let's not let Harden walk. Uh, oh yeah, away he's just completely he is without blame here. Yeah, he is not without blame he's here. Not play, he's not playing. He yeah. he hasn't been healthy for two years. <laughs> that team has put what the the trifecta has played what 15, 20 games together. Yeah. Uh, but somebody pointed out something on Twitter last night. Like, did anybody notice that everything was fine in Brooklyn until Kyrie showed up and started playing this year? And then that's when everything, that's when everything kind of broke down. I mean, um, hey, everyone said they, everyone in the locker room supposedly wanted him back. That's what was reported. They all wanted him to play again. I don't know they, who they, called they it. In, they, they can't win a game. <laughs> like they're terrible. So, so that big three experiment has completely failed miserably, right? The other big three experiment we've got going on right now in Los Angeles, we're going totally off script here, Ruff. So, <laughs> so Russell Westbrook now is like public enemy number one in Los Angeles. People want John Wall instead of Russell Westbrook. Like there's talk of trading John Wall for Russell Westbrook right now. Like I don't even know if, if the Lakers could get – John Wall for Russell Westbrook. And, you know, we had a blurb out there last night because Westbrook did not play for the Lakers. And the blurb said uh, Westbrook out for the Lakers. And then in parentheses, parentheses his injury was Lakers need a W. Mm-hmm. Um, harsh. It's mean, yeah. but but it's sort of true. I mean, I don't think LeBron and AD are enjoying the Russell Westbrook experience and then Westbrook the other night after after they lost another game in which he played and he did not play that down the stretch, he was they were like, "What do you think about the the home fans booing you?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a that's a sign of respect." And then <laughs> they said, "What do you think about not playing in the fourth quarter?" He's like, "Well, I think the numbers, you know, in my career shows that." that I deserve to be playing in the fourth quarter. And, you know, that's not right. And just like, it's just like bizarro world. Like the, like I can't even understand what's going on, but Lakers lost again last night to a shell of a Portland team. They're ninth place in the West. They're four games under 500 as a, as Michael, was it Michael Ray Richardson that once said, the ship be sinking. The ship be sinking. son." Yeah. Talk to me about the Lakers, Ralph. Now, with regard to the John Wall rumors, why would Houston do this? Like, seriously, why would they do this? They've had Russ before, and that didn't last very long. And then, are they going to buy him out? I mean, I think if you're Russ, you're in the same spot as John Wall's in. I need all my money. You know, well, it's only 91 million. I'm not leaving that on the table. Uh, let's let's just be clear that this is Twitter talking. Like this is not, yeah, this is not that, like Woj is not reporting that the Lakers are, are trading yeah. Russell Westbrook for John Wall. So basically, but, someone on Twitter is going to have to explain to me why the Houston Rockets would do this. Because I'm having a hard time finding a lot. Like, why would they bail out the Lakers? Because that's effectively what we're asking them to do here with this rumor. But at this point, I would think that, that the Lakers could go to the G League and find a, a true point guard to come in and, and throw the ball to LeBron and AD if they're unhappy with what Westbrook's doing. It's not, it's not like John Wall is a, is a big get or a he's, – he's, he's, he's old, dude. Um, they blew this when they didn't make the Buddy Hill trade during the offseason. 
because they would have kept some of the assets that they sent to Washington for Westbrook. And you have a shooter, which is one of their major issues with this team to play off of LeBron and AD. So I know people, Frank Vogel's the one who's catching most of the heat because it's easier to fire a head coach, but Rob Polinko, we need to have some more conversations about him as well. Well, look what the Lakers had before they got AD. I mean, Josh Hart and uh, Caruso and Brandon Ingram and Alonzo, like the, all those guys are pretty good nowadays. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man, that, that that's another big three. Um, that's an, another big three thing that uh, has not worked out. So the Celtics breaking news from Woj, of course, the Celtics are trading PJ Dozier and fan favorite Bull Bull to the Magic for a future second round draft pick. Uh, Bull Bull, PJ Dozier both out for the season. Let's move on. You don't even need to comment, Rob, uh, unless you want to. That's a luxury tax move right there. It is. It is. Uh, Devin Vassell, who is actually sitting on the waiver wire, one of my leagues. I look at him every single day. You guys know from, from the podcast that I have a strap on Mondays. I mean, my my team's too good. They have anyone to cut to pick up Devin Vassell, which is not actually true. But Devin Vassell, man, 18 points, three boards, three assists, two steals, two three-pointers last night. He's at eighth-round value over the last week. And like I was just talking about, he's only on 26% of teams in Yahoo leagues. Like, to me, that doesn't make sense. And I, I get it. Vassell is um, – he's inconsistent, Rafa. I have, like, two real good games, and, and then he'll disappear. But, man, I, I just feel like – I feel like he should be on a lot more rosters than 26%. Yeah, I think the other thing is the Doug McDermott factor. You know, the the, the decision to keep him in the starting lineup. You know, we saw Vassell get some starts earlier in the season, but overall it's been McDermott in that spot. So I think that's been the other reason why his roster percentage has been so low. But at this point, it's time to go ahead and get Devin Vassell because I don't think the Spurs are going to be in play for a playing round spot. Um especially if they move Jakob Pertl as some of the rumors, as his name has come up in trade rumors. You make that move, it's probably going to be it where you're starting a rebuild around DeJounte Murray. But so in terms of a sell, now is definitely time to pick him up. I would keep an eye on Joshua Primo as well. Um, they get deeper in the season, further out of the playoff hunt. They really won't have much reason not to play him. Uh, yeah, and the Spurs only have four games during the All-Star double week. They go two two, but most teams do. Yeah, most teams do. I mean, there's there's eight teams I think that have five games, and it, everybody else has either four or three. So, Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Bengals and Rams are the only teams left in the NFL postseason. And NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you a special offer. Get 15% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout the playoffs. When you use promo code PLAYOFF15, get every tool for every game at one low price. Easier than ever to play and a wager with confidence when you have NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you an NBA midseason offer, NBA basketball. Pay attention. Get 20% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout February when you use promo code STU20. Finish your fantasy regular season strong at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use promo code STU20 at checkout and save today. Okay, Ross, we're back. DeMar DeRozan. MVP candidate, DeMar DeRozan, for your Chicago Bulls. 36 points, five boards, four assists, three three-pointers. Zach Levine was solid again with 27, seven, and five. Five triples. Vooch just had a dominant game. 18 points, 15 boards, eight assists. Shot lights out. Out of those three guys, who do you like the best the rest of the way as far as fantasy goes? Not that it really matters. I mean, yeah. these guys are rostered in 100% of the leagues, but – just for, just for, uh, for fun, who you like? They're all studs. I'm going to go with Vooch just because of defensive potential. Um, three block shots last night. So, you know, DeRozan tends to be a points, rebounds, assist guy. The three three-pointers were a bonus. I think he hit threes on consecutive possessions during the second quarter, and the announcers seemed absolutely stunned. There's a lot of us watching the game were as well. They went and bonkers. Yeah. Levine can get you some steals on occasion as well, but I think you're talking fantasy. I'm going to roll the dice on Vooch, uh, ranking those three personally. I'll tell you what, DeRozan's season has been really basically unbelievable. And to your point about him hitting three-pointers, he made three three-pointers last night. He scored at least 31 points in four straight games. The three triples tied his season high. And before he hit those three last night, he'd hit a grand total of five three-pointers over his previous 19 games. <laughs> so that's why people were dancing in the aisles when he made that shot, uh, those shots. But I'll tell you what, DeRozan, to me, I, I didn't know he still had this game in him. I've been really impressed by him all year. I think the injury Levine had slowed him down a little bit. Our guy, the Sunmu, is out right now with a concussion, and he was terrible in his last game, I'm afraid. Like, I've had my finger on the trigger to drop him in, in a couple of leagues just because he's not out there playing right now, and he's not helping me um, while I'm trying to win games. But as far as these guys, I think fantasy-wise, you're probably right. It's Vooch, but I still – threes or no threes. I love what DeRozan yeah. is doing, and uh, I'm <laughs> – even though I'm not related to him and I have zero vested interest in him, I'm really proud of DeMar DeRozan, the way he's played this year, man. It's, he's been incredible. And I, to me, one of the best surprises in the NBA this year. Um, moving on to the Oklahoma City Thunder rotation. Josh Giddy, nice game last night. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but solid. 
He's going to be limited to 30 minutes as OKC protects their future. The guy I want to talk about, Roth, and I'm kind of fired up about Jared. Jared Johnson and I have been arguing about uh, Alexei Alexei Pokusevsky. Pokusevsky yeah. lately because, like, Saturday or Sunday last weekend, he had a, a pretty solid game, right? And I got all fired up and was ready to roll him out there on Monday. And then I saw a tweet. It was like, he's in the he's in the G League. Yeah. I was like, why would they send him to the G League right after he has a first meaningful game in a while? So I had already picked him up and sort of hyped him a little bit on Twitter. And I told Jared, I'm like, dude, we need a Pokushevsky to the G League news blurb. And he's like, nobody cares about Pokushevsky. <laughs> Like, we we don't blurb guys every time they get sent to the G League, do we? And I was like, well, no, but he, he's gotten picked up in like 2,500 Yahoo leagues overnight. And people are going to expect him to be out there today. I think we need to do this. So I wrote up a Pokushevsky blurb. It was too late, later than I wanted, wanted it to happen. But um, then he comes back from the G League last night. And what did he do last night? He went off for 18 points, four boards, four steals, two blocks, four triples, and, I mean, it's silly season for the Thunder right now. And I, I kind of feel like they're going to turn Poku loose. And I'm picking him up. I'm playing him. I played him in DFS last night. He had 40-something FanDuel points. Um, I am excited about Pokushevsky. Ralph, how about you? I'm not. Oh. Before last night, he played in one NBA game since January 9th. Like, are we really going to be – rushing out to pick this man up on the strength of of one outstanding performance. It, it's not so much my – okay, he's played two. <laughs> we'll give him two. But the thing is, the, thund- the way the Thunder have handled their rotation, randomly sending guys to the G League, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl, that's where he hurt his foot. And they sent him to the G League, even though he was in the starting lineup with the Thunder – that's why I can't buy into him. I can't buy into Teo Maladon, who also played well last night. As KJP2800 says, I'm on board with him. I need to see more before I buy into Pokuchevsky, but good game from him last night. All right. Well, I'm 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 out on Teo Maladon, but I'm in on Pokuchevsky. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop a good player to go pick up Pokuchevsky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll play him in I'll play him in DFS. Uh, if I've got Kessler Edwards floating around on my on my roster, I'll drop him mm-hmm. to take a take a flyer on Poku. I just feel like the the Thunder want to lose games, and they know they're not going to win games if he's out there balling out. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play down the stretch. My prediction: Poku is going to be a silly season wonder, and we'll go from there. Ralph, we got to talk about this. It's not on the agenda, but I need that. You're a Knicks guy. We mm-hmm. need to talk about this R.J. Barrett injury, right? Yeah. Now, Tom, Tom Thibodeau is famous for running guys into the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he I, don't, I didn't plan for this, so I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me. But what it sounds like is R.J. Barrett's played a million minutes in like six games in a row. And then in a game the other night, he, he left the game and what came back in at the, at the very end and – Shouldn't have been out there, and then he got hurt. Like, do you know what happened there? Yeah, they were supposedly making a run in Denver. Uh, they pulled him to within about twelve or thirteen points. So they put him back out there. He sprains his ankle in the final minute, limps off to the to the locker room. Obviously, 
done for the night. The game was over at that point anyway. But here are the minute totals for Barrett in the last three before that game in Denver. 39 against Memphis, 50 in that overtime game against the Lakers, and 43 against the Jazz, which was the first game of a back-to-back. Both games played at altitude, obviously, between Utah and Denver. Meanwhile, you acquired Cam Reddish. You don't really know what you have there. You would think that if you include a first-round pick in a trade, you're going to put a guy out on the court, see what you've got. And he's played a bit more recently, but still, I don't know what's going on. This team, it's not a playoff team. I have a bad feeling that they aren't going to make any moves, you know, before the trade deadline. And we're going to be sitting in this same spot next Thursday, wondering why Cam Reddish isn't playing more and wondering why guys like RJ Barrett are being asked to play 40 plus minutes per night. I'm just not a big dibs guy. I never have been. It scares me watching him coach. Like, I turn on Nick's game, and he's just so (laughs) angry at every given second of the time he's on TV. And I just feel like he's just, you know, you know that if Mitchell Robinson, shout out to Mitch Robb, who had a great game, and then he had lower back problem, missed the next two, of course. You know he's going to start Todd Gibson instead of Obi Toppin every time Mitch Robinson's out. Like, Tibbs is so predictable. And it's it's really it's getting old, man. And and this, you know, Luol Dang, you know, got run into the ground by when they were with the Bulls and R.J. Barrett. I wonder if R.J. Barrett has had a conversation with James Dolan or Thibodeau. But those numbers you read off at altitude in a back to back like that's ridiculous. I don't care who it is. It's ridiculous. Okay. Enough about that. Pascal Siakam, uh, the Raptors, 27-16-5-1-1 with three-pointer, dominant as usual. He hit 13 of 17 shots. Um, he's top 40 right now, Roth. Is like next year when you're when you're getting ready for your draft, can you how how high would you take Pascal Siakam next year? I'm not letting him slip out of the top 25 personally. I think he's that good. They put the ball in his hands enough to where he can make plays for himself, his teammates. Obviously an elite rebounder, and he can score from just about anywhere on the court. He'll get you defensive numbers as well. So for me, I think he can finish this season in the top 25 in terms of nine cat and for drafts next year. He's probably a second-round guy for me at worst. I don't know if I take him first round, but second round he's definitely going to be on my radar but I don't let him slip out of the, out of my sight, out of my reach, so to speak. I can't. I don't think I can take him in the top in the first two rounds personally, just because, as most people know, I like to go get my guys. And I, yeah. just he's not he's not quite flashy and controversial enough for me, Ralph. Mm-hmm. I need more. <laughs> I need more turnovers. I need some poor shooting. Uh, I need some some crazy upside. I, I I just I need a lot more risk for my second round pick, then Siakam's just too good to be my second round pick, I guess. That's I mean Lamelo worked out for you this year. So Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I'm I'm gonna go with a Luca or a Trey or a Lamelo. Like I'm I'm getting flash with my first first couple picks. And then then I'll look for a, a solid citizen like Pascal Siakam. Not that those guys aren't solid citizens, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'll look for a quiet, get it done every night workhorse later on in my draft. But I, I mean, to me, like he's the perfect third round player at this point for, for me. 
let's talk about Hassan Whiteside for a second. So I'm sitting, I played him on Monday, I think it was. And of course, uh, as Abuke starts, Whiteside comes off the bench, lethargic, really doesn't do anything. What, eight points, three boards, no blocks, something just ridiculous. Maybe it was 11 points and three rebounds, but it was something horrible. So, of course, everybody got mad and like, what is going on? And then uh, last night I get a tweet that he has five blocks in the first quarter. <laughs> and I retweeted. I said, oh, that's cute. That That's real cute. Thanks. And he ended up having a great game. Uh, nine, what was it? Nine, nine points, points, 17 boards, seven blocks, two steals, 29 minutes. Like, what? What is going on? I mean, that's the whole problem with him. Like, you, it's, it, you'd have to be in the locker room physically to understand what you're going to get from him on that night. He was obviously up for it last night, but we've seen too many instances in which he's kind of just going through the motions. And that's probably why Azubuike was able to start these last couple of games because who knows what Whiteside is going to walk out of the locker room for that night's game. But, you know, give him credit. He, he definitely showed out last night. All right, Ralph, we got to wrap this up. We're over 46 minutes yeah. already. Let, we got two things left real quick. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, 14 points. First time he's been in double figures since, like, January 19th or something ridiculous. Um, turned the ball over four times. He doesn't move the needle for me at all. I'm not even considering grabbing him. I need to see him do this, like, five more times before I'm, before I'm doing anything. Been burned too many times. Okay, Anthony Simons, 29 points, five assists, absolutely nothing else, <laughs> nothing. But, man, I sort of hitched my wagon on Anthony Simons about a month or so ago, and, and I was sort of like, pick him up. He's going to – it's this I, – I didn't think Lillard was coming back, and I thought Simons was going to be the guy, and it sort of turned out to be true. So I'm pretty excited about Simons. I don't even think it's a silly season, uh, Shiner. I think he's going to end up being the waiver wire pickup of the year. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, that's that sounds good. He's definitely on that short list for you to put one together. Okay. Well, we covered the trades that have gone down, and they they're they're those are the trades that are annoying if you write fantasy basketball blurbs for a mm-hmm. living because a four team what 10 12 player deal impacts so many other players all the way down and i mean that that thing will take over an an hour probably just for us to write up the blurbs and then you got to deal with uh the depth charts and the injuries and moving everybody's team around it's just a a pain give me give me a solid cj mccollum or Tyrese Halliburton for Demana Sabonis trade any day over a four team, four teamer that, that where the uh, fantasy impacts are pretty minimal. Minimal. Um, Roth Super Bowl prediction. Um, who are you pulling for? How about that? I'm just going to pick the Bengals. I'm too. I'm going Bengals. There you go. All right. Hope you all have a good weekend and enjoy trade deadline day. I think it's going to be pretty crazy here for the next few hours. Uh, check out Matt Straub's live blog, Matt Stroud, as uh, I love monorails, who was all over the board again today, uh, just going crazy on the message board. We'll hit your, uh, we'll hit some questions next next time we ran out of time, and we'll see you next Thursday. I'll see you guys Friday and Monday. Ralph, have a good weekend. You too. Thanks, guys.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.